On today's episode of the Alliance Guys podcast, I'm speaking with a stalwart of Memphis wrestling, a man who's been in that scene for 20 years. My guest has stood across the ring from legends like Jerry the King Lawler. He's been in across the ring with, with the likes of uh, superstar Bill Dundee. <laughs> talking about a man who's a two-time NWA Southern Junior Heavyweight Champion. He held the NWA Mid-South Tag Team titles with Ricky Murdoch. I'm talking about Dustin Starr. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. I've actually been really looking forward to it. I keep up with all your stuff. I know you watch a lot of wrestling. And gosh, you really dug deep for the Ricky Murdoch and (laughs) all that kind of stuff, man. That's what I do. I've been told that I'm an expert on the wilderness era of the NWA. But uh, I just like to think of that as a fun time for pro wrestling and uh you know, I, I I remember not as much watching your matches, but reading about matches with you and like uh, Big Bully Douglas and uh, oh wow, there's there's a whole list of names um, that I've I followed. I, I used to watch, try to watch the USCWA or U. I messed that up. USACW, um, a lot of the USWO in Tennessee, and, and and I know like, and some of those promotions you were there, and a lot of those yeah. guys. Like, wrestling i was following through the nwa so it's really cool to kind of uh see that maturation process from your career as just an in-ring talent just a guy and now i mean you're hosting the uh championship wrestling from memphis and and even more so now you guys you're bringing wrestling back to memphis live and in color uh tell me how that feels first of all the wilderness wilderness era that sounds about right because we used to just be such big marks for the nwa and what it used to be and all that kind of stuff. And at that time was like, wow, yeah, I've won an NWA title, but does it really mean that much? You know, that kind of thing. And then you fast forward to now and and Billy and gosh, Nick Aldis and the NWA women's world title being defended on AEW with Serena Deeb, who is great. They're all great, man. It's, it's kind of like big time and then, and then big time. So, uh, yeah, but, um, well, I was there through all that stuff. Don't sell yourself short. I mean, that lineage, that title that you held, you know, Daniel Bryan held that belt. So, I mean, yeah. you, you're you in good company. You know what I mean? Like, that's that it is what it is. But but that was a good a good time in the NWA, even though there weren't as many eyeballs. There certainly has that same lineage, same history, same yeah, tradition. For sure. for sure. And then fast forwarding here, you know, I'm, I'm still an in-ring competitor. I, I probably have not had a match. It's been about a year and a month. It came up on my time hop just due to COVID. And then sure. also with the transition of, and I think this is a perfect transition for me because I can't wrestle forever. I think that my future in professional wrestling, although I still can and will get inside the ring, I don't see a, a longevity or a long-term in-ring career for myself, you know, maybe short-term or whatever the case may be, but transitioning to being a host and just doing multiple other things I always had blinders on that I was only going to be a pro wrestler so I kind of gosh I really just ignored radio and other tv opportunities which sounds silly but you are you you grew up in Memphis Tennessee where Memphis wrestling was the professional sports team we didn't have the Grizzlies we didn't have the Redbirds we didn't have you know the Memphis Chicks weren't that big of a deal you know it was but it wasn't and then Memphis wrestling was only thing that you had Mid-South Coliseum every single Monday night and all that that we just talked about, the wilderness era, it seems like a whole different lifetime ago because things have changed so much and my role has changed so much to where 
now we're launching, we're relaunching Memphis wrestling for the first time in 15 years. And with Memphis having such a long history and tradition of great professional wrestling, like literally the Memphis Grizzlies a couple of years ago had special uniforms that had championship medallions on it. It was the Memphis wrestling edition, pretty much the championship edition of their jerseys. And so wrestling nights and all that kind of stuff. But to be able to be launching something that hasn't happened in 15 years, it's almost hard to believe that. How did, how did you guys, you guys not have Memphis wrestling for 15 years, but we didn't. And so here we are. We're spearheading that along with United wrestling network and David Marquez. And gosh, we're super excited about it, man. I'm like giddy. <laughs> I haven't slept in three days. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I was watching uh, the highlights of the Well, it wasn't the highlights, it was just the full video, but I, I watched your uh, uh, Facebook live the other night. And you were talking about how you're drinking a cup of coffee because you're going to go work out afterwards. And everybody in the line, you're still drinking that coffee. And, and, and the uh, same thing. Yeah, and a lot of those guys from your past were, like, congratulating you. I mean, it's got to be a, a pretty good feeling because you're right. Memphis has been a capital for professional wrestling. I mean, we talk about here in Southern California, we had the Grand Olympic Auditorium for many, many years. In New York, of course, they have... You know, Madison Square Garden, the mecca of professional wrestling. But Memphis very much was rich with history, still is rich with history and tradition of professional wrestling. I mean, to bring that back, I think that's that's awesome. And, and I'm sure the community is getting behind you guys. Um, I mean, the success of the TV show in and of itself kind of shows that Memphis and wrestling kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Now, the Memphis wrestling, it's Memphis in general is is very particular about barbecue about rock and roll and about professional wrestling. Now, we are Hoop City, too, man. I mean, Memphis is, is Hoop Central. Basketball, Memphis Tigers, Grizzlies. But those are those are three main – we can throw the fourth one in there. Basketball, barbecue, you know, rock and roll with the blues, and then professional wrestling. So when David Marquez reached out to me, um, gosh, it's probably been three years ago now, we were trying to figure out a way to make this happen. And it has to be run like a business. You can't right. just – do it and hope people show up and there's no money there and then you go out of business super fast i mean that's happened several times not with me but with other companies but it had to be run like a business and also we couldn't insult the fans intelligence and try to pull the wool over their eyes because they're too smart for that so that's why we never called it memphis wrestling we never called it you know championship wrestling from memphis it was it was you know championship wrestling presented by pro shingle and it was a syndication of the Hollywood product where guys get signed to NXT, WWE, AEW. Look at Adam Pierce right now. You know where he started. You know, Absolutely. look at Tyler Rust right now. Look at Danny Limelight in the ring with the AEW World Heavyweight Champion uh, just a couple nights ago. So we had a plan, and that plan was supposed to go and, you know, start happening uh, last April. Last April at the AutoZone Park show, COVID hit. So then we're just kind of in a holding pattern. It's like, all right. How long can we hold on? Because we just don't want to sit there and be stagnant, but then also other things are happening. So if we are very safe with our capacity, 25%, we launch, that gives us a good good launching point. And then once everything gets back, bam, then we can take off. And when we made the announcement on Tuesday of this week, the Championship Wrestling from Memphis would be back with TV tapings or premiering and all that good stuff. Less than 48 hours, we sold every ringside seat that we have. That's so, amazing. Yeah, we only have general admission. And, and we're not talking hundreds of thousands of tickets. I mean, we are a very limited capacity, but that does let people, let us know and other wrestling fans that, hey, man, this is, people want to come and see this. So it's basically proof of concept this whole time. 
and it's been three years in the making. So we've been, uh, you know, two years coming up in April on our 100th episode of Championship Wrestling. That's on February 27th. So that will be the premiere. So in turn, we're kind of hitting 100, but then we're flipping the calendar to number hey. one for Championship Wrestling from Memphis. So this has been the goal since day one. It's not a, you know, a lot of people are surprised, but myself, my Maria, and David Marquez, we're not surprised at all. This is this was the goal the whole time. I mean, you're literally answering the question before I even have a chance to ask him, which is oh, great. But, uh, no, no, it's great. It's great. Um, I do want to talk a lot more about Championship Wrestling from Memphis, but you know, I want the audience to know who Dustin stars. I mean, we briefly talked about your run and with the uh, NWA Junior Heavyweight Champ, uh, Southern Junior Heavyweight Championship, NWA Mid South Tag Titles. But but let's talk about Dustin Starr how he got his start in professional wrestling. And by the way, wish Maria a happy birthday for me today. I will, I, I will. I've been, uh, been plugging it the whole time. I've done several radio interviews today and podcasts and different things. Just tried to um, strum up as much uh, excitement as I can and give her the shout out. So uh, do I have to sing on this one or? No, no you don't have to. But happy, happy birthday. <laughs> happy 29th to your bride, um, the lovely Maria. Um, but let's, again, let's talk about your business and how so, you got it's it's kind of cliche man it's all i ever wanted to do that's it that's the bottom line since i was five years old we used to even even on summertime go on vacation to fort myers florida go to the beach with my grandparents and we would have our parents record memphis wrestling uswa record it and we would binge watch it before netflix before wwe network we would have a vhs with six hours or whatever of memphis (laughs) wrestling and just watch it all the way through so there was no question man i 100%. 100%. I used to practice promos in the mirror talking to Lance Russell and Dave Brown. Not not WWE, not WCW, but but Lance and Dave. And, right. you know, fast forward now, I've been able to work with, with Dave Brown and do commentary with him and, and have Lance call some of my matches and be friends with him before he passed away. So it's just been a whole big bucket list. But I started training when I was 15 years old. My mom drove me to Jericho, Arkansas to meet outlaw Don Bass, one of the original assassins. The singing cowboy who uh, Jeff Jarrett pretty much borrowed that gimmick and took it <laughs> on to the national stage. Literally, I've talked to Jeff about it, and um, that's it. She signed the waiver. I paid my own way. I think it was three grand that I pay a 15 year old kid having to pay, you know, every time I went in. And uh, I think, and this is this is just a veteran Don Bass and the guy that was helping train thought, ah, this, you know, I was a 140 pound skinny little kid, you know. I'm sure they weren't thinking, let's just take his money. But it's kind of one of those things. Like, I don't know if he'll ever do anything. But, yeah, he's paying us. Let's teach him. And I had my first match when I was, I think, almost 17, so 16 years old. I kind of had to kayfabe and hide that, my age and everything. And then over the years, I've been able to work with guys like Derek King and Alan Steele, who are the very best wrestlers in Memphis today. They were on Power Pro Wrestling uh, we got to set up the rings at Channel 5. We got to watch live Memphis TV take place. And little did I know that even though I wasn't on, I was on that show some, but I wasn't like featured on that show. Everything around me was like osmosis. You just, it sinks all in and you use it later. And For never sure. in a million years would I ever think that I would be putting some of that that stuff to use, launching my own Memphis. Like that wasn't the goal. It was to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, And so, uh, you know, I worked around the uh, Mid-South area here and had a, I'll never forget my first opportunity with WWE was with um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Eddie Guerrero at a bar scene on Monday Night Raw at Muggs. 
and it was just kind of a hillbilly honky tonk bar and we sang karaoke and Austin you know he said what do you hey kid what do you do for a living and it was on microphone and everything and uh I, I worked at a sign company so you could see this coming from a mile away I said well I make signs and Austin's like well I got a, I got a sign for you boom and hits me with the middle finger right in my face and I shook hands with Eddie Guerrero and we kind of locked like that and I looked at his arms and I'm like holy cow I got in the car and I'm like dude I got some growing up to do man because how, I how old were you back then like man maybe maybe 18 wow. maybe 18 19. So at that point, it was like, all right, man, if you're going to work there, you better get serious. And, uh, you know, I've always been in the gym since 15. And uh, Spellbinder, who was Phantasmo in WWE, good friend of mine, he helped train me. And uh, I literally just grew up in the wrestling business, you know, and got some opportunities. And here we are. <laughs> well, you know, I always like to dive deep into, into guys who, you know, who I interview. I want to know about you because I don't want to ask the same rhetorical questions that I'm sure you hear a hundred times. But like one thing that stuck out to me was your appearance for NWA uh, Wildside. Now, back then, Wildside was one of the top wow. promotions of the yeah. NWA. They, they really that was kind of like the place to be. They had television. A lot of their talents that worked on those shows uh, were kind of uh, past AJ right Styles. Yeah, Styles. Bill, Bill Barron's was the one that, that ran that. So I, I told a funny story about Bob Ryder here not too long ago when he passed away is uh, when I was getting some opportunities with TNA and doing their explosion matches, that kind of put me to an audience that I didn't know in the Nashville area, like Burt Prentice, Bob Ryder. And one of the little funny stories is, is I remember a guy that I thought he was watching me change clothes in the locker room. And uh, I bumped my buddy and I said, I think this guy's staring at me. He's like, is he trying to watch you change? And I said, I think so. And so I just kind of walked around. I had a towel on. I just kind of walked around for a second. And then finally, he got tired of waiting. And he walked up and introduced himself. And it was Bob Ryder. He wanted to book me. He didn't want to watch me change. So I felt like <laughs> such an idiot. But then that kind of helped me get booked in other places. And that's kind of how. And I had forgotten all about Wildside. But I met Cowboy James Storm, Chris Harris, The Naturals. Yeah. But, man, so many great athletes came out of wild side I'm, it's funny you bring that up well it's just again you know like that's what i do i'm the nwa guy right so i i'm, I'm looking for ties to that and i i know like at that time they kind of had a fast pass to wcw and like you said aj styles but there was really a lot of guys that came directly from Wildside, uh air paris right into yeah. wcw and i was wondering if when you got that opportunity if that was going through your head or was it just another booking for you were were you trying to grow your brand or did it just kind of happen yeah i was always told to wrestle as many different places as you can and wrestle as many different wrestlers as you can and so wcw was kind of on your on my mind because i felt like i could probably have an opportunity there and maybe not wwe just yet but in all reality i was way too green and way too young um you know my everything from my body to probably my face everything just hasn't matured yet into a uh, gosh, I, I, I use the, the Usos are great, right? But if you look at the Usos five years ago, they, they look like such babyface kids that it, it was yeah. hard to imagine them being what they are now. But then, you know, they grow into that role or the Young Bucks. If you look at the Young Bucks five, six, seven, eight years ago, such babyface young looks. But now they've matured into their bodies and matured into what they look like. And that's so weird to say, but that's that's true. I just had not. I was still so young and, you know, had not had not matured at all in into the way my appearance or my 
my persona and all that stuff, I felt like I got a lot more comfortable fast forwarding when, when I had Maria in my corner, because then it was kind of like, you always have a vision. I always thought of it like a comic book character of what I wanted to be, you know, very similar to Ric Flair, very similar to like Buff Bagwell, which sounds kind of crazy. Like, you know, you got that, that superhero body, but then also you got the prettiest woman in the room with, by your side, you know? Right. And so it hadn't, I hadn't really got that far or got exactly what I thought I could be until then. If that sounds, that sounds kind of weird, but that's, that's know. the truth. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, when, we're all kids playing with our LJ and action figures and we're sitting there like doing our own wrestling matches. And when you think about that day when you're in the ring, you know, you have that perception. You want to, you want to be the superstar. And that's what you're saying is makes complete sense to me. You want to have that look and that feeling. And you got there, of course. I mean, you have your but then little... hindsight, hindsight, you look back and you're like, dude, I was not ready for that, you know? Yeah. But at the time you're like, Oh, let me get it. Let me get it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. But then when you look back, it's like, no, nah, I wasn't ready. I think every wrestler will tell you that. Well, sure, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're looking at it from a veteran now as opposed to a greenhorn. So, of course, you've learned along the way. You, you know, you mentioned when you were a kid and, and you're, you'd go with your uh, grandparents to Florida, be on the beach, and ask your parents to record um, Memphis wrestling. Were you ever watching uh, stuff like Music City Wrestling with uh, with Burt Prentice and uh, Mike Rapata and stuff like that? Or, or what, was that not really your cup of tea? Well, at that time, they, you didn't have, like, YouTube to where you could just look stuff up and watch everything under the sun. I mean, I think in those days, it was still kind of tape trading or going to the video store. I used to see the video, uh, like, the VHSs and say, oh, man, I haven't seen those Jerry Lawler matches. Like, it was him with blood all over. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> so I was pretty much going to be watching. Like, at that time, I didn't even really watch ECW because it wasn't something that came on. It wasn't easily accessible. Right. So mine was going to be... You know, mainly Power Pro Wrestling, before that USWA, and then by the time I was able to work at Power Pro Wrestling, I started setting up the rings and all that, and then when there was time for an opportunity, um, which is kind of a funny story, the, the night that Memphis Power Pro Wrestling lost the WWE developmental contract, I got a text message at probably two or three in the morning, or maybe it was an AOL instant message that said, hey, be at TV tomorrow, and I'm like, what because at that time they we would go for the when the developmental was there and we didn't even touch the ring like we would set it up and that was it so you kind of felt used in the sense to where we didn't even get to work out in the ring when when before we would get in the ring work out before the boys got there and all that stuff but all that went away so it was just kind of like why and he said trust me it was Derek king he said trust me you want to be there and so i said okay and i was there and they pulled us in the office uh brandon baxter did and said developmental contracts gone and there, that's going to be opportunities for a lot of the local guys so at that point you know I was just more invested into the power pro now I did work for Prentice's shows for a while um, eventually when we kind of branched out and did all that stuff but at that time man I was just watching Memphis and watching WWE or F at the time WCW um, we didn't really have like I said even ECW at that time wasn't something that came on or easily accessible you know you had to really seek it out or trade a tape and i'm trying to think of what year that was it had to be you know it was 20 years ago right yeah like, like yeah. 99 98 97 yeah, 97. yeah it, i was just breaking in it's kind of a funny story myself like uh you know i was in high school my parents had a house a cabin up in the mountains and it had tv and everything and they somehow some way music city wrestling was syndicated 
in, in that market, but not in my home market, which is an hour away. And so I literally have my VCR recording, you know, like I set the timer. So it would record like a month in advance or a month. Nice. We'd go up there next and I'd have all these uh, Memphis matches and I, or excuse me, not Memphis, uh, uh, Music City Wrestling. So I'd see matches with Mike Rapata and, and all that stuff. And I was like, I, I, I saw Chris Harris a long, long before he made mm-hmm. it to Impact and all that stuff. So that's why I ask, because it's just uh, one of my fond memories of plugging that tape in. I'm like, okay, this is something completely different, but it's still yep. wrestling. Let's check it out. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember AWA would come on really early in the morning, just some random time. And, and I never knew, but when I got lucky to watch it, I was like, oh, man, Sergeant Slaughter's still wrestling or, yes. you know, whatever. It was just, I don't, I don't, I can't even explain to you that when I would turn on the TV at night and see Saturday night's main event. Yes. Be like, where did this come from? <laughs> when is this on? What, how did, have I been missing this? But it was only like a one time, it was a special. So I just, right. I was a kid. I had no idea. I had no idea there was like a guide and a schedule and all that stuff. <laughs> my, my, my brother uh got me into wrestling obviously so like when i was a kid like i i remember watching wrestlemania 2 live on tv through pay-per-view and we were always looking for wrestling so whether it was like uh the awa on espn and later it was like uh global wrestling federation or where we could get uwf or we'd go to the video store and get like the uh shoot wrestling in japan i mean we would watch whatever we could whatever it was so I, yeah. I kinda understand how you're coming from where like when you see it, just jump onto it and, and, and take a look. But um so with all that being said, uh, you know, I, I was again looking at your career and, and watching like the maturation process. You spent a lot of time working uh for that USA CW on and off. Tell me about working for Burt Prentice. He's always been kind of this uh different fella. And I don't you know, I, I don't want to say anything bad because I mean, did a lot for wrestling but i mean some people think he was good for wrestling something some people say he was bad for wrestling but what were your experiences working for him um i never made any money <laughs> that, that kind of you know i worked for burke for quite a while um what it's kind of a stigma once you're one of burt's boys you're one of burt's boys and he kind of controls everything so i kind of had to separate myself from that again i i all due respect to burt um i don't know yeah, I don't work for Bird now. And yeah. We're about an hour apart. So he has a show in Jackson. I have a show coming up in Memphis. I don't look at us like competition. I think that he does look at us like competition. Oh. But, you know, that's all fine. Um, but yeah, that's no, a- I worked a lot with, I lo- worked a lot with Bird. One of the things that I will say, though, is that there was a time where I went and did a camp with uh, Mike Bucci, and it was one of Bird's type of deals. And so, the whole idea was to get WWE bookings out of that. So when I did reach out to Mike when they were in town, and I was getting bookings previous to that, so it was like another another in. You got to go through these hoops in order to, you know, to get to get in. And um, so I called to get the booking, and he said, "Well, wait a second, Art, you're one of Bert's guys, right?" And so, well, kind of. I was at the camp, and he goes, "Oh, well, get in touch with Bert." And then that was it. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I don't want to be one of somebody else's boys. I want to be yeah. able to get booked independently." So I kind of got stuck in that thing. So I had to kind of separate myself from that. Um, honestly, I'll just be totally honest with you. Uh, Global Force Wrestling launched in Jackson, Tennessee at Jackson General's Ballpark. And I was there. I worked, worked with uh, Chris Masters in that show. Yeah. And so I was asked by, there were two shows going on. One of them, Global Force was first. Burt's was second. 
uh, I was asked to cancel the Bird booking, so I called Bird and told him that uh, you know they're asking me to do this. It's their first inaugural event. There's big opportunities because there was TV aspirations and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, anyways, Bert got hot about it, and so here we are. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, it. I mean, and that's that old school mentality. I, I think uh, I think times have changed with the uh, more modern promoters, where like uh, like Dave, for example, you know, we, uh, while a part of the NWA years ago i mean he had affiliate promotions all over the area and, and his idea was i want my guys to get as much work as they can everywhere they can because that's going to make them better when they're on my shows. so i right. mean we had we had promotions in san diego san bernardino los angeles anaheim and and his talent the, the guys that were working for him on championship wrestling from hollywood and before that nwa pro wrestling i mean they were all getting work everywhere so i just i guess there's, it's just more of an old school mentality yeah, and there comes a time where you're supposed to be able to make money. You know, yeah. there's a lot of dues that you pay. There's a lot of freebies that I can't I can't even begin to tell you how many miles I drove to National and back for free. Um, never even asked for a single dollar. But then eventually when you get, I don't want to say to a certain level, but when you get to a certain point, um, that that monetary value is supposed to come, is supposed to come up. Right. And with some promoters, it just never happens. And so you know, even 20 something years in and, um, you know, working for professional sports teams, like all the sports teams here in Memphis and being a host on CW 30 and then having your own TV show and all that kind of stuff, not bragging. I'm just saying at some point at what, what point do you, do you get paid to do what you do? Right. And with some promoters, it's never. And so with those promoters, I would rather not work for. <laughs> Absolutely. But look, no, no argument here. I mean, this is a business first and foremost, no matter how much you enjoy the sport, it's everyone's in there to make a buck, everybody. So sure. if you're not, absolutely, pay, there's no, there's no reason to stick around for that. So let's go a little bit further back in time to talk about that NWA Southern junior heavyweight championship, because I know it happened early in your career, but I mean, yeah, Getting a title definitely means something, and and you held it on two separate occasions. What did it mean when when you got that title victory, and and how did you feel being champion? It's it's pretty cool. I think uh, I was talking to Papo Esco here recently about winning the United World Tag Team titles, and he put it perfectly. He said that he looks at it like it's a uh, uh, like a you know a supervisor role at a job or a, a some sort of. Um, uh, promotion at your job or they they have that trust in you not only inside of the ring but outside of the ring so you feel like you're selected to be that guy you know not only inside the ring but outside of the ring because of course stuff goes on all over the place so I felt it you know as a kid literally as a kid I was excited I won a championship wow that this is cool how did this happen you know that kind yeah. of thing but then looking back on it you know they probably said hey man this kid's been working hard he, he He's, he's doing good and you know he's reliable and all that kind of stuff so it's all the right stuff you would never put a championship on somebody that might not make it to the next show or that might sure. make a mistake that puts you in bad publicity so but for me being a kid it was really exciting I think fast forwarding to Memphis wrestling I won the um the southern tag team titles with Kevin White twice to me that was that was kind of a bigger deal because it was Memphis Television. It was yeah. Jerry Lawler and Corey Macklin that did it. And then randomly, just out of the blue, they put the Junior Southern Heavyweight title on me. Uh, that was just, 
you know, they went for weeks. I would be on TV, but I would, wasn't getting like pushed or anything. And then all of a sudden sure. I'm winning the title and I'm like, where did this come from? You know? <laughs> so those, those were cool. And, and also I was in the business a little bit longer to where I felt like it meant a little bit more cause it was on television. But those that you're talking about with the NWA, I think that was in Dyersburg, Tennessee and around that yeah. area. So I, I worked there for quite a while. That was every single Saturday night. Um, all up and down Highway 51, man. You would work at Covington, Ripley, uh, Dyersburg, Newburn, Trenton. Oh, I know I'm missing something, but man, Millington. So there's six just right down Highway 51, just right outside of Memphis there. And uh, Dyersburg, and it still is a really good wrestling town and everything around it is a good wrestling town. So it was pretty cool, man. It was, you know, it's what you think it would be. You know, you're excited and so young, like, wow championship belt but i get to carry this thing in my bag cool that's <laughs> you know? awesome that's awesome um so then the kind of moving on i mean to this point in your career now i mean you've done so much you've done a lot of it on tv and now you for the last what is it uh like you said almost going on year three with partnering with dave marquez the show's been on for just over two years now right a year close right close going to yeah 100 100 episodes will be february 27th so we're almost two years in but but i say three years because it took so how the whole thing happened is dave marquez found me on facebook and he saw that myself and maria were wrestlers and that we were hosting the tv station so wrestling aside we were actually we're still on twice an hour every hour on cw30 doing jerry springer commercials or coming up next and things like that and I didn't know that. Would, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And we would do um, live remote. Uh, so we were trying our best with the Coliseum Coalition to save the Mid-South Coliseum. So we would do live remotes on ABC 24 here in Memphis to where we would do the reporting that morning. Or I remember doing interviews with Jerry the King Lawler inside the ring at FedEx Forum with all the Grizzly staff standing there watching behind the scenes. And we're live. I mean, it was it's it's like bucket list stuff. Never thought I'd be doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so anyways, Dave found me on Facebook and thought, man, there's wrestlers hosting this station. We're on CW stations all across the country. So why don't we do this? And I said, man, I don't think the Hollywood product would work quite like you think in Memphis. And here's why. He's like, well, let's figure this thing out. And so I would literally have meetings with the general manager. And uh, actually, when he signed us, the first thing he said was, he said, how come there's not uh, wrestling on television in Memphis? And I'm kind of like, ask him you're the tv guy you tell me and he said well no you're the wrestling guy you you tell me and so I, first oh, of all okay. i'm thinking hey now all right and so uh i said let's figure this thing out i'll be back in touch with you and so i would go in and i would pitch different ideas and he wouldn't he would say no to the idea but he wasn't saying no to wrestling right and he even asked me about sinclair and ring of honor and all this kind of stuff and i said well it's, it's not local you're just buying a show you know but it is a good product People will watch it, but it's yeah. not quite what we're talking about. And so finally, um, I was in a position where I was laying in the bed sleeping, or I was I was awake, Maria was sleeping, and I uh, just thought, because I was in a transition to where I was doing so much work with basketball and baseball and just different sports and stuff, and also maintaining a real job. So anybody that's watching this, most professional wrestlers have real jobs. <laughs> that's why they're weekend warriors, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the truth of the matter. And so I was in a unique spot where I thought I could probably pull this off and be a full-time entertainer. And so I said, hey, Maria, are you awake? She didn't answer. I said, Maria, are you awake? She didn't answer. <laughs> I was like, Maria, are you awake? And she's like, I am now. 
what? <laughs> you know? I said, what if we did this? He's like, ah, you could try. And I was like, do you think it would work? She's like, you could try. I was like, well, I can't try anything without you having the stamp of approval. Like, she's my partner. She's my she's my wife. Like, understood. If mama if mama's not happy, nobody's. Happy. Absolutely. So, uh, so she she said, talk to Dave. And so the next day, I talked to Dave. Got the meeting with the general manager. Went in and pitched it, and uh, it, it was like Shark Tank, man. Um, he kicked back and he smiled. And when he did, I knew that was it. I knew that. I knew that, that we had it. And so from that point, it was just working towards it, getting sponsors, getting local businesses to buy buy into it and uh, shout out to pro shingle i mean there's probably anybody watching in the mid-south arkansas mississippi tennessee pro shingle loves professional wrestling they have helped support championship wrestling so give them a shot proshingle.com dave brown is a spokesperson so dave brown the voice of memphis wrestling and and the weatherman for all the years tag team there but that's how it all happened is dave marquez being persistent for a full year you know, and saying, hey, I think this thing would work. Let's figure this out. And then us just bouncing ideas off each other. And then, bam, here we are, knowing knowing that the ultimate goal was to launch Championship Wrestling from Memphis. That was 100% the goal. And we just have to have a proof of concept. And we had to know that, that we could be successful as a business, not wrestling and not wrestling business, but as a business. Right. And then take that and take the next step so it's definitely the crawl before you walk walk before you run type of thing you know well and and i think the incredible thing about that is and again i have to say this i've been following marquez since 2004 so i've seen the the whole thing you know i i was there when he was producing upw i was there when he was producing xpw and and to see him and his partnership with new japan pro wrestling the first time and then everything with the nwa and and when he left the NWA, you could you knew it stuck. You knew there was a bite to that. And watching him trying to effort to create a territory system akin to the NWA and having, you know, some limited success, but nothing like this. And, and you guys definitely put in the work because this is a genuine, like, this This is a thing. This isn't, a, you, you kept saying, proof of concept. It's here. Like, this isn't, a, it's not imaginary. It's not what if. It's you guys are doing it and i think there's got to be a lot of satisfaction for dave but also for you and maria because the hard work is paying off you know february 14th your tv taping kicks off you you said it earlier you're gonna that the first episode will air two weeks later on on a a cw30 and i think that's 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 amazing i mean that again that's the proof of concept but that's also the american dream you know you you put in the work getting to that result and uh, and, were you su- and to have the noon the noon time slot too. I mean, having wrestling on Saturday at noon is just like, how'd you get that time slot? Because so many other wrestling companies have midnight or one o'clock, which there's nothing wrong with that either. But to have right. a Saturday at noon time slot is is just fantastic. And and I was familiar a little bit with Dave Marquez previously, and I had known of him, but had never worked with him. And in the wrestling business. So many people say so many different things about so many different people that you don't know. Like I have tried to do a good job about not basing my opinion off of somebody else's opinion. Right. Right. So if somebody tells me, well, don't use him because he'll no show you. Well, he's shown up for me every single time. Right. Right. So it was kind of one of those things where Dave was familiar with me, but hadn't worked with me and the same with him. So we had to, there was a lot of trust involved because we're so far away and, uh, 
it just it just worked out and he's been a great partner and then also with the proof of concept too the memphis market and what we've done with this show and the way that the template that we've kind of made has helped them launch like west coast and they've had different various affiliates in, in other markets and they're using what we've done here as right. a template to do it in other markets and to me like like for me when we started using the different background like the different uh, studio setting once we had to leave because the studio was shut down when i saw that they started using the same one i was flattered i was like oh my gosh the tv guys are like using our idea yeah you know? so it's just been it's been super cool like learning a lot of stuff from them but then also some of our ideas coming to life on their side too because they're on 125 or so different stations across the united states so whenever we do something that they're like hey we need to do that here like i'm thrilled about it because i feel like hey we're actually we're doing something but they're using what we've done here to do in other markets and to us that's really flattering too i love it yeah i mean it's pretty cool like i i'm one of these guys who i you know i live in the la market um, but i don't watch the show on kdoc i watch it on youtube i watch your channel and i watch cool. i go back and forth between uh cw 30 and and well not cw 30 but the championship wrestling youtube channel right and then uh united wrestling network youtube channel and i you know i i'm kind of a youtube nerd because again i'm trying to grow my brand as well and so i look into things like uh watch hours and viewership and and yeah i mean you guys have over seven thousand uh, you just hit the threshold today uh yesterday seven point five thousand followers or subscribers on your youtube channel um you've had over a million people million views on your channel which means you're doing something right you're getting an audience there and, and one of the things that i love about what you're what you're doing and how you make your product different from just championship wrestling from hollywood is that you also have your own podcast that's associated with it and and that you also do uh more localized content so it's for the audience and then you, you even you guys even broke it down further you have playlists dedicated to wrestlers i think that's awesome yeah. i think it's a brilliant strategy and I, I want to salute you for that well thank you man that's we worked really hard on that we haven't spent any marketing dollars on actual youtube so all that is organic i feel like that there's that uh, and i've told dave this so this is not me talking trash or anything i feel like they're missing the boat on some of the social stuff i guess i understand it just a little bit better but that's the whole thing is capitalizing on an audience that they already have and they have they do not look at us like competition at all they love it so yeah doing those playlists doing the proper tags breaking out the matches and having feature matches and doing exclusive content when we did our restart is when i really saw a difference when the uh when we went from doing like the best of type of shows they were new shows but showing older footage we had five hundred thousand minutes watched wow. in a single month in a single month and i'm like great wait a second what in the world and so now it's stabilized a little bit to where we're right around 350,000 minutes watched so we're monetizing it I mean it's not a you know as well as I do it's not a, a lot of money but you it's like a bank account the longer that it goes the more people watch the more minutes watch the more money that you make so launching the Memphis product gosh like Memphis wrestling has such a rich tradition people from all over are going to want to see what it's all about like I've gotten text messages from guys like Jeff Jarrett saying hey what's going on out there you know nice and yeah just just really cool stuff but yeah we're averaging right about 350,000 minutes watched every single month that's and so that's using content that you could see in other places yeah now when we have championship wrestling from Memphis there's only going to be two places you can see it YouTube.com slash championship wrestling and CW30 in Memphis. And that's it. 
So there will be no, it won't be anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not sharing those numbers with anybody, but man, we've worked really, really hard on the YouTube channel. Well, I know, I know Lamb and myself will be definitely uh, watching every week on YouTube. So that'll be pretty cool. Thank you. Are you, are you surprised at the success that the show's done? Like I talked to Dave and, and I said, you know, I think it's incredible what you guys are doing. And this is before you guys even announced the new, the, the launch of the, the standalone show. And he told me like, this is one of the best ventures that he's connected to right now with Memphis, with, with everything else that's going on. That has been one of the most profitable, profitable properties that he's associated with right now. And does it surprise you that the success that you guys are, are receiving out there in, in Memphis? It doesn't. Um, the only reason I say is, man, we, we work really, really hard. I mean, it's a full-time job. It's, it's actually probably three or four full-time jobs. Uh, the, the social media alone, that's why companies hire social media managers just yeah. to do social media. Um, and then we've also learned video editing and, and I've taught myself some Adobe Premiere. Um, I've taught myself a little bit of the YouTube and, and we really learned a lot of stuff about green screens and lighting and all that kind of stuff during the <laughs> pandemic because we weren't able to shoot in the studio anymore. Right. So we were, we were forced to kind of learn a lot of the stuff to do some of it ourselves. Now, shout out to, to John Roberts. He's our editor. editor does a lot of great work, but as much as I can do to take it off of him to make the show better, whereas where other people would sit back and wait for Dave and his team to do stuff, yeah. We feel like that we should not have to sit back and wait. Like, let me go get it, and then you guys help me fine-tune it, or whatever the case may be. And the only reason I say is I probably haven't slept, you know, three or four hours in the last three days since we launched the, you know, the the message, the press release. We redid our website, championshipwrestlingmemphis.com, just to be more user-friendly and all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to sound, I, gosh, want to sound as humble as I can be, but I'm not really surprised just because we've worked really hard on the independent wrestling scene here um, we work hard in the sports scene we live in memphis we're embedded into the community uh, we do everything that we can as far as charities american cancer society big brother big sister of mid-south saint jude um, you know heal the hood foundation so we do as much as we can to give back um, and one of the hard parts about other markets is if you have a wrestler that doesn't live there and have you know, longevity there, have friends there and family there and, you know, business there and all that kind of stuff. It's really hard to go in and just sell wrestling. You know, you have to sell relationships and friendships and, you know, it's more than just about the money. If you get, if you help people get what they need, then eventually you'll get what you need. And I really believe that. And um, Dave will tell you, man, he's like, he's told me before, this is the best partnership we've had. And I, I think it's just because we want it. We're hungry, man. We go get it. You know, if I pitch something and, and it's not a yes, that means it's, that means it's a no. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to look for something. Now you didn't say no, but you didn't say yes. So if it's not I, a yes, it's a no. So let me figure out another way to do it. You know, I was actually going to invest in a building and have our own facility and such. And when that didn't happen, we had to pivot and that's how we're launching this and we partnered with another local business top of the line event hall man they are fantastic they're just like me and maria you know a husband and wife combo that was affected by the pandemic and they're doing well but they could do better and so hey let's have a conversation 
Yeah. And that's how that's how that all came about. Now they know just like we know that we're still looking for our home and our place. But that's going to be our home, you know, for the foreseeable future. We've got the next six months booked up. So we have eight total events to do television. Um, February 14th, March 7th, uh, April 11th after that. And then we've got more. But of course, we want to take small bites at a time. Oh, for sure. But really, to answer your question, I'm flattered that it's been as successful it is. And I can't wait until we have the first couple of shows in the can because at that point it's not just something that we can talk about like i said all the time we like we don't like to talk about it we like to be about it so at that point i'll have it and and i can show potential partners and other wrestlers and other companies like here's what we're doing come yeah. be a part of it well, that's incredible and i mean that's such a, a positive outlook as a business owner myself and you, you know i i know that there's a grind and it's not a nine to five grind there's a 24 hour a day grind and if you don't sleep yeah you're out there doing social media to get your product out there to get your business out there i know exactly what you're talking about i've been spending the last few nights myself not sleeping a week and, and on there working on promoting either this show or my actual business or whatever it is so i i, I completely understand and i i feel like you should be satisfied. You should be able to do a little pat on the back, like Barry Horowitz there, and say, "Hey, man, that's a great job." And uh, maybe so after, I, maybe after the fourteenth, after the fourteenth, maybe. Oh, that's well, gonna be like a monster. That's like eating an elephant. So it's like, uh, let me take that first bite, and then maybe we'll we'll breathe and go, "Okay, whew, all right, good job on the first one." All right, so March seventh, right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, right, because it's never gonna stop. So when it comes to the show, then are you? You, you guys are. Are you the one that's writing, booking, doing all this stuff backstage? Do you, are you bringing in somebody else to help you with creative, or is it is it you and Maria? What's what's the plan? All the above. So it all it all lies kind of in my lap. Of course, Dave Marquez is there. The thing sure. though um, with that though is is Dave, John, and the United Wrestling Network. They're extremely helpful, but but they're not as familiar with the talent around here as what we right. are. So it would kind of be like when we first started, hey, Dustin, help us book this TV. And I'm like, well, I don't really know the characters just yet. Now I can tell you like the back of my hand, who's doing what, who's, you know, what everybody's doing, what their what their gimmick is, what I think that they should be doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so that all kind of lies on us. And the cool thing is, is there's a lot of really good, talented Memphis wrestlers that haven't gotten the opportunity right and when they did get the opportunity it was the older school guys pushing their own agendas right and, and again with all due respect you know jerry lawler's and and all that kind of stuff there's a way that they're going to do it they're going to make sure that they get theirs uh right. but on this show we're gonna superstar bill dundee will be there king cobra the first ever african-american world champion that pinned jerry lawler at mid-south coliseum he'll be there uh, we're gonna have um I think Sir Mo is going to be there. So, uh, former WWE World Tag Team Champion. Um, so we're going to have, we're going to have legends and very experienced guys. But they know as well as I do that our focal point is the up and coming guys and the guys that haven't gotten the opportunity. So, my plan is not to have those legends be in the ring. You know, um, yeah. If if you see Jerry Lawler on our show, it won't be in a wrestling capacity. It will be in a in a different type of role. And that's just how I kind of see moving the future along with pro wrestling because we haven't had it in 15 years it's time to build these new guys up and number one my main goal along with running this tv is to get those stars the opportunities like like danny limelight like tyler rust you know like heather monroe and all those 
all those folks that are getting those looks at AEW and getting signed with NXT, Kathy Campanelli, you know, there's so many that have come through the championship wrestling. We want to be that for Memphis. Right. Our primary goal is to make make some stars because if we can make some stars, then we're going to be looked at. You know, wow, what are they doing in Memphis? But a lot of that, those responsibilities are going to fall on me. But then also, I've got a lot of backup and support. Where Maria, she'll say, "Well, wait a second, why are you doing that?" She has a different outlook. Sometimes I'm in a bubble, man. I'm in my own bubble, and it's like, "Yeah, hey, what do you think of this idea? Is that dumb?" But what if you did it this way? Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So we've got some experienced guys that are, that are going to help out. But uh, for the most part, that's going to be, that's going to be on, you know, me, Maria, Dave, um, probably mostly me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, right. But that's cool. I'm here for so, it. So, and again, you've said it a couple of times. This is going to be about Memphis. This isn't championship wrestling from Hollywood part two. It's not championship wrestling from Hollywood in Memphis. This is a Memphis promotion but with that being said you you the memphis area was introduced to a lot of stars from hollywood you know one of my favorites watts you know i, I got to go to china with watts watts nice said heather monroe and and danny limelight is the is there at least a plan initially to use some of those talents from hollywood to kind of help establish the stars in memphis or are you just breaking free right off the bat and it's going to be a memphis show with memphis uh, emphasis we would love to have some of the uh, Hollywood talent come in for sure. Um, I don't know how much you'll see of that right away, just because we we got to make sure that we're cool with our working capital and such. But right. uh, definitely, uh, one guy in particular that I definitely want to fly to Memphis is Ray Rosa. Well, that's because you want to wrestle him. We got a little bit of beef that we still have to clear <laughs> up. Of course, Watts. Watts is one of the most popular characters that we've had on the show here. When when I'm out and about, people are talking about the show. They're like, "Man, what about the big man, Watts? Or, or who's who's the one guy with with the hair other than you? You know, <laughs> gotta be Watts. Oh man, he kicks everybody's butt. And uh, Heather yeah. Monroe is another very popular character where, you know, people talk about her when we're walking in the streets or I'm at a Grizzlies game working. They'll they'll mention the show and they'll mention Heather Monroe. They'll mention Watts. Uh, so yeah, we definitely want to bring some of those those guys and gals in and uh, get them in the mix with the uh, with the Memphians, for sure. So now, so now the last question that uh, that has to be addressed is, you know, there's a there's an Arizona State champion, there's a Hollywood Heritage champion. Here we go. What are we going to call this Memphis title, and how soon are we going to crown a Memphis champion? That's a really good question. So I'll give you a scoop right here. This has not been talked about just yet. Okay. So I think the first thing that we're going to do is we are going to have a Cobra Cup. Nice. So very, very similar to a PP3 Cup, but King Cobra, who is a Memphis wrestling legend I just mentioned, he's a good yeah. friend of mine. He's going to be at the taping. And so what nice. we want to do is we want to have an annual Cobra Cup to have a tournament to – it's not going to necessarily be a championship that's defended. It, it's probably not going to be like a PP3 that's cashed in. But that way we can honor the tradition and the legacy of King Cobra. I feel like Cobra is a guy that he made history. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that name. And to me, that sucks. Just to be point blank with you, that sucks. And so I feel like uh, I feel like that that would be a good start is having a Cobra Cup. And so we'll we'll probably have a tournament of some kind. Now, we will have our own championship. I don't know how long that'll take, but I would imagine in the first couple of months, we'll see our championship. We're going to try to stick to what the United Wrestling Network currently does. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Memphis Heritage Championship. 
and then you'll probably see the United Wrestling Network champions at, from time to time, just like the old NWA from time to time come in nice. and, and defend those titles here in Memphis. Um, I would imagine that you might see something similar to a red carpet rumble, uh, maybe a grind city rumble or something of like, like that. Um, yeah. But we, we're not here to try to reinvent the wheel. Wrestling is already big here in Memphis. David Marquez and United Wrestling Network, if we weren't going to follow what they're doing, why are we partnered with them, you know? Right. So they've got it figured out. We were big fans of the Red Carpet Rumble. Entering the Red Carpet Rumble was so much fun. Uh, a little, little funny story there is when me and Maria arrived in Hollywood to do the commentary and then came back and, and were surprised into the Red Carpet Rumble, we thought at first, like, wow, how, how cool would it be to come all the way from Memphis to California and, like, people know who we were? And, man, those the fans were chanting Memphis. They had Memphis signs, Dustin and Maria signs, and we were just, like, blown away by that. Um, we were in the elevator at Hollywood Boulevard, going to go look at the uh, Walk of Fame, and I, I mentioned to her, man, just, just imagine, like, getting recognized in the street or something out here. Like, we're that was like the first couple of times we'd ever been to Hollywood. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the elevator doors open and we walk out and somebody recognizes us. <laughs> we were like, great. what in the hell is going on here? Like, it was just cool. We were just blown away. So man, the fans out there have been awesome. And so I know that the, when, when those guys come in here, it's going to be great, but we want to do, we want to stick with what the United wrestling network is good at stick with what we're good at and uh, try to do very similar stuff, but do it in a Memphis style. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And again, like uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, next couple of months are pretty much going to be the same for you because it's what you've been doing for the last three years. So again, I want to say congratulations. I know it's not the end of the road. It's just the beginning, but yeah, uh, you take that uh, victory lap. You guys have certainly done something special in Memphis. And I believe you're going to continue to do so with with uh, champion, championship wrestling from Memphis. So again, man, my tip my cap to you because uh, what an incredible again you made something out of nothing really. And uh, you know this is going to be big for you guys. It's it's big for the United Wrestling Network. You're part of that uh, you know that platinum triangle championship wrestling from Hollywood prime time live, and eventually when it comes back, championship wrestling from Arizona. I mean, it's really, really special, and it's something like, uh, you know, the NWA isn't an affiliation of promotions anymore, but the United Wrestling Network is. I think that's really, yeah. really special. And, uh, again, I, I'm, I can't wait to see what's next for you guys. Thanks, man. Well, uh, stay tuned. It's it's coming. Now we got to bridge the gap between what's going on right now and, and February 27th, because we would really like to have as much content to help push that and get the fans ready because I know there's a lot of people from all over that watch on YouTube, especially. And so we want to, we don't want to just, you know, flip the switch, so to speak. We'd like to kind of ease into it. So people kind of know what they're expecting, but then also at the same time, it's going to be kind of tough, tough to do that leading in, you know, it's just a real tricky with filming and, you know, some of the people being limited and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm I, on February 27th, the premiere of championship wrestling from Memphis, it's going to be awesome. We did sell out of the ringside seats, but the, they're still general admission. They're only $10. If anybody's listening and they're in the Mid-South area, or if you're within, I would say if you're within three hours away and you want to make a road trip to come see live wrestling, I mean, this is going to be a part of history because we don't expect it to be a one and done or anything like that. We've already got tapings throughout the rest of the year. This is something that 
this is something that's going to be a regular every Saturday at noon. So, uh, and also, you know, just check out the site and let us know what you what you think. If there's a if there's an issue with the site or if you know it be user friendly in a different way, let us know. It's championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. But man, it's cool talking wrestling with you. You brought up a lot of memories that I just don't ever think of <laughs> at this point. And I did my totally job. Different. I gave you a different interview than what you normally have, and, and I did yeah. actually. The site. I liked it a lot. I, I, I don't remember going to the old site, but it was very easy to navigate, very easy to use. It looked great. You guys did a good job on that. One last question, and then I promise I'll let you go. The podcast, that's going to continue the feature of the stars of the United Wrestling Network, or is it going to be now more centralized in Memphis? It'll be more centralized in Memphis. I was actually kicking that idea around that it would be a good way to introduce some of the uh, some of the guys here that maybe people don't know. There's still some really good stories going on in the United Wrestling Network with Gentleman Jervis and Sweet Robin. That whole heel turn there is interesting. You know, yeah. Ray Rosas always has something interesting going on. The women's division, the women's world title coming up, uh, crowning a United Wrestling Network world champion. All that stuff is big news, so we want to stay on the forefront of that. But then, uh, yeah, the podcast we do we do ourselves and. Um, I would like to start introducing some of these characters. So I was actually thinking today that might be a way to um, to start doing that and transition just a little bit more of having some of these guys that, that we've announced. And if you go to our roster page, you'll already see some of the some of the new characters and some of the new wrestlers that we are going to introduce onto the show. So those guys and gals are already committed. Uh, everything from broadcasters to the legends that are going to be working with us. Now, not everybody's posted because you got to have some surprises. But for the most part, you know, the local, I would say, Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, probably Texas as well. When they go on there, they're going to see some uh, familiar faces on on the website. And we're going to keep that updated. I'm Right now, I just kind of, I, I just logged in and I'm scrolling through. I'm like, yeah, looks clean, looks good. I, uh, I, I'm excited for you guys. Uh, again, congratulations. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. And, I appreciate you uh, sitting through some of the tech issues we had earlier. But oh, uh, again, wish you nothing but success, and uh, I'll be rooting for you out here in Southern California. And uh, the Alliance will be uh, watching. Very cool. And hey, tell your tell your brother Kevin Owens I said hello. Yeah, right. I should, I'll make sure. <laughs> to do that. All right, have a good one. All right, thank you, man. Thanks.